You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're quitting to travel the world in Fab Facts. We're on the trail of a long-lost fortune in the randomizer. And Dr. Peter Caddick Adams is here to bring a little historical perspective. Ooh, that's all coming up in pod 234. Of the very historical Jerry Anderson podcast. Modern <laughs> too. Christmas control, stand by. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Oh, there's something lovely, lovely and what? sequential about this podcast, isn't there? What is that? It's a podcast that comes uh, after a previous podcast no, two, and before the next one. Two, three, four. Oh, I see. We well, haven't that is had good, isn't such it? a thing since pod one, one two, two, three. three. Yeah, uh, right. And before that, I guess since pod eighty nine. Sure. Uh, so the next one will be three, four, five. <laughs> I guess it will be. Yeah, it's a long time to wait, isn't Goodness it? Goodness me, yes. Yeah, so enjoy this sequential podcast because there isn't one coming for another 121 episodes. Anyway, <laughs> now, look, uh, this yeah, is sorry. the Jerry Anderson podcast. True. Uh, my name is Jamie Anderson. Uh, and my name is Richard James. And later on, we'll be joined by Chris Dale. Yes. Uh, who is also known as the Randomizer, and he's he bringing something rather special to the mix here. Mm-hmm. Now, before we move on, though, can I just pay tribute to somebody rather important to the world of Anderson who we lost in a real shock uh, passing. Um, We didn't mention him on the last one because we'd pre-recorded before all this terrible news came in, but Tim Beddoes, managing director and founder of of Network Distributing, sadly passed away unexpectedly. And uh, we are all incredibly sad about this. Tim was not just a very good friend of mine, uh, and we'd become very close over the last, uh, last decade, but he did an astonishing amount for the worlds of Anderson and more widely for archive television. You know, starting 25 years ago with Charlie Says, I think, that uh, uh, cartoon right. cat. Yeah, Tim has kind of resurrected so much archive television and film that would have otherwise been lost and, and possibly never been seen again. He's preserved it, you know, remastered it, poured huge amounts of love and finance and time and you know, great diligence into getting this stuff out there in the world. And I'm sure, Podstron, if you've got any physical media, you will see that network name on your shelf multiple times over. All the recent releases, like the fantastic Stingray box set, the Fireball and Supercar ones too, all those HD restorations, no other company and no other person would have gone to that level of, of detail and producing such amazing products that allow us all to revisit those shows and remember them, remember them and see them at their very best, better than they were ever designed to be seen at. Yes, that's right. Um, so it's it's quite an incredible legacy that he leaves behind. And I think when we hear the news this week, uh, we will also see what effect Tim continues to have. So, yes, incredibly sad uh, thoughts with all of Tim's friends, family, colleagues uh, who were all completely shocked. But I'm very pleased to say that you know, 
Everything at Network will continue as far as we're aware. We've been speaking to them. There's lots of stuff planned for the future. Tim had plans for years ahead, which I hope uh, and believe his, his colleagues will continue from now on. But yes, if you've enjoyed any network releases, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, do drop us a note podcast at jerryanson.com, post on the Facebook group, uh, post on Twitter, and we'll make sure that it, the stuff is shared uh, with the team at Network um, and everyone else connected with Tim. So there we go. Absolutely. There's my piece. Yeah, quite right too. Yeah, that's uh, it was a shock indeed. And uh, as you say, I think uh, Toby Haydock, I saw on Twitter, tweeted that you know he was sitting within reaching distance of several uh, you know products from network on his shelves yes. dvds and blu-rays and so on so uh, yeah yeah i mean i'm surrounded every angle yeah. i look in my office there is something network related um so you know quite the legacy quite the impact and the world of anderson would be much poorer uh without tim so and and you know we'll we'll be poorer now for it but uh you know like we said his his legacy continues as does dad's just because somebody's no longer with us doesn't mean they can't still have an impact absolutely um, and i'm sure we'll continue to feel tim's impact going forward quite right now yeah. We can't keep this all sad, uh, yep. so we should definitely perk things up. Let's um, do that. We will have all sorts of fun stuff uh, for you on the podcast today. Yes. Uh, now, Richard, as you may remember on previous weeks, right. I have a list of styles oh. in which you can do the introduction. I was hoping you'd forgotten. Of the podcast. Uh. So uh, are you ready for me right. to roll the dice and give you this week's... Uh, intro style. Oh, yes, go on. Make it easy, though, please. Uh, okay, uh, I've lost my uh, little box, but I do. I have you? I do have my. Can you hear the dice in there? Anyway, okay. I'm, 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 here we go. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, go on. Surprise me. This week's introduction is yes. in the style. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna, this is a two-hander. You'll be pleased to oh, know, good, much good. like the gerbil one from a previous <laughs> week. Yeah. In the style of. Uh, this morning's Holly and Phil. <laughs> I don't even watch it. Uh, well, basically, we we share it and say coming up this morning, blah 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 blah. Oh, we say okay. it in a very wow. kind of lively, uh, enthusiastic oh, okay. way. Okay. All right. Shall I start? So yes. Good morning right. and welcome oh, to this morning. morning. Hi hi. I'm Richard uh, and I'm Jamie. And what have we and, got coming uh, out this week, uh, well, Richard? Well, we've got a fantastic. Uh, 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 I've, 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 that's it. It's gone already. Oh. That's how I don't even I don't know what they're like. I don't watch it. They're just very bubbly and effervescent. And I've got saying. facts coming up in just a moment. Uh, and then, of course, as usual, we've got our lovely posturons in with uh, messages from all around the place, uh, email and Facebook groups and that kind of thing. And uh, we've got the first part of an interview with historian Dr. Peter Craddock Adams coming up a little later on. Uh, Craddock Adams, in fact, there, Richard. Oh, yeah, uh, your pardon. Careful, don't put in an extra. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, we've got uh, Jerry Anson news as we do every week, and there's so much going on. You're going to really look forward to that. Yes, and uh, we've got the weather from oh no i mean we've got the randomizer <laughs> from chris dale uh, later in the program uh, but of course in between all that have you mentioned holly uh our lovely podstrongs <laughs> and how they've been getting now? in touch i've already said that bit. oh well, i don't know i can't remember yeah and then there's a randomizer with chris dale all right i mean uh, God, jamie that, i think that we really my, blew that one yeah, that wasn't my favorite to be honest you've got to pick stuff that i know <laughs> i thought you hang on you're an actor yeah well, i don't, yeah. don't actors well, exactly. watch morning television no they're still in bed they don't get up till <laughs> half past eleven <laughs> Okay, fine. Right, well, I'll scribble out a couple more of my future suggestions uh, and we'll do it better next week. Yeah, sorry, that was a disaster. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Pastoros, we really, wow. we've really let yeah. you down. Nobody's yeah, going have. to be making uh, special artworks commemorating this particular intro, are they? Or are they? <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> Probably not. Anyway. No. Oh, uh, right, yes. Should we, <laughs> should we just move on and yep. do the thing that we normally do at this stage? Uh, the news? No. Uh, what, the randomizer? No, it's actually that bit where you make out that you have forgotten or really hate the first section of this show, <gasps> oh. which is, in fact, Fab, Fab Facts. Facts. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Yes, it's Fab Facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a book of Fab mm-hmm. Facts, which is here. Yeah. Flicked and f- uh, slapped there. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't right. quite sure what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to flick to the book. Uh, yep. Richard will shout Fab at a random I point. Will. That'll stop me flicking, and we will happen upon a page which will hopefully will. contain a Fab Fact. Are you ready, we Richard hope James? So. Born ready. Then here we go. Fab! Ooh. Okay, there's a little uh, chunk there at the last minute that slipped through yes. a clammy thumb. Okay. But we are, well, see what you think of this one. Right. I think we're in a fairly interesting place. Okay. Do you remember Tony Anholt? Uh, yes. Good. Uh, well, Space 1999 fans will know him as Security Chief Tony Videshi in Year yeah. 2, uh, and obviously the Protectors fans, and I can hear you screaming in your legions, <laughs> uh, will know him as Paul, an international man of mystery in that series. Uh-huh. Uh, we've talked about Tony before in Fab Facts, when we discovered that he made more appearances than any other live-action actor in Anderson shows. I think you might remember that one. Um, yes. If you don't, the total was 65 episodes. Amazing. That's quite something, isn't it? But did you know, Podstrons, that Tony Anholt almost quit before he set that record? Oh? Well, you're going to find out about that now. Go on. Uh, Like many performers, Tony had tried a lot of professions before he fell into acting. Those professions include insurance, teaching, and even tea tasting. (laughs) Right. Did you even know that was a thing? Yes, I did, yes. Uh, Okay, fine. But it was his memories of uh, school play successes. Oh, That's you tea tasting, is it? Yeah, that's what you do. Very very good, thank you. Uh, It wasn't that, but it was his memories of school play successes that made him decide to give acting a try. Uh, An actor friend who Tony declined to name in interviews, rather sadly, was switching careers to become a director, and he offered to allow Tony to use a string of American acting credits on his CV. These credits were earned by the friend and not by Tony, but the two friends guessed that casting directors wouldn't check up on it, and they were right. (laughs) So using his borrowed resume, Tony was soon a full-time actor and con man by the sounds of it. Yes, wow. Uh, The Protectors was a major role for him, but after the second series ended, he discovered the series hadn't put him on the map in the way that he'd hoped. Uh Now, feeling typecast, He tried switching agents, but started spending more and more time unemployed. A familiar story, I'm sure. His theatrical contacts forgot about him, considering him a screen actor, uh, but more television jobs were not forthcoming. So it was a chance encounter with another friend that led to an interview with a company that organised international conferences, of all things. Right. Tony saw an opportunity to travel the world, earn a smaller but steadier income, and meet some new people. So sayonara acting. Aloha yeah. international conferencing. <laughs> I don't think that's a direct quote, but certainly no, that's the theme here. Yeah. Uh, now, it was while waiting for this interview to roll round that Tony received his second call from one Mr. Jerry Anderson. Uh-huh. Abe Mandel of ITC New York had specifically requested Tony for the second year of Space 1999. And for once, Dad and Lou Grade 
agreed with him. Uh-huh. It was a solid year of work and a second shot at stardom in a major international series, so Tony skipped his conferencing interview and took the role on Space 1999 instead. And after that, his acting career picked back up, and he was a very busy actor then until his death in 2002. Uh-huh. So it's Great. a nice reminder that sometimes when things look bleakest, you could be right on the verge of an international rescue. Oh, there we go. Yeah, don't I know it? Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't That's that right. nice? Yeah, lovely. Good. Gosh. Well, good him. I, I, I mean, there are so many stories. If you, if you look back and you make all the little connections of all yeah. the things that had to happen for people to be in the right place at the right time. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing that anything happens at all. Absolutely right. No, yeah, it's true. Yeah, synchronicity is, is got, has got a lot to answer for. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I mean, think think of it. If uh, you know, you and you and I hadn't had that chance meeting uh, in the, the in the lobby outside yeah. uh, L and M stage. Yeah, then we wouldn't you, be sat here you, now, would we? You wouldn't be two hundred and thirty-four podcasts <laughs> into the Jerry Anderson podcast. So who knows? No, I might have been. It just might have been me and Lou Hirsch. Oh, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? <laughs> well, maybe there's a special edition for Pod 300. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, no, interesting, but that, using nice. someone else's CV, though. Wow. Yeah, it's I mean, I don't think, Tony. Yeah, you couldn't get away with that these days because everything, I suppose, is so much more easily checked. Yes. You, know, you just go straight online, straight to IMDb or Spotlight or whatever it might be, and it's all there. So it's yeah. not just a piece of paper anymore. No, information is so readily available yes. and so easily checkable. Although Ooh. there's plenty of people that do... You know, oh, manage sure. to fudge things and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know behave like frauds. But and also, well, there's nothing wrong with blagging your way through. I have to say, no. You know what I mean? If you believe in yourself and Fake you know you can do the it. job, yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you that's go. What I'm, doing. I'm glad that uh, that's how things worked out for Tony. Sorry he had to go through that bleak time, but there you go. Yeah. Lucky the timing worked, and uh, yes. for once, ITC in New York and Dad and Lou all agreed on something for yes. Series right. Two of Space 1999. So there we go. Yeah. Okay, a rather nice one. Uh, Posterons, if you know of any other actors who almost missed their opportunity to be in an Anderson show or have a similar story, then do email us podcast at jerryanderson.com. But whether you know that or not, that brings us to the end of this week's... Tony Facts! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was like, oh, hang on, actor fact? No, that's rubbish. Yeah, and then you already said it. So yeah. Tony fact is is is, is great. I, for a little while, I was going to go for bleak facts. I, and I was thought, thinking no, I can't bleak have that. Isn't that well? odd? Yeah. That, that word just popped out at me. Yeah. Okay, we, we, can't, we can't go there. Uh, now, uh, what is the very antithesis of bleak, would you say? <laughs> the, um, uh, p- p- posterons? Yes, and they've yes. been getting in touch. Of course they have at uh, podcast.jerryanderson.com. Here's one from Jonathan Bell who says, Dear Mr. Anderson and Mr. James and the randomizer general himself, Chris Dale. Hello, gentlemen. Just a quick email to say thank you again for being such wonderful hosts. Oh. It's nice, isn't it? He says, I just received my standby for action concert Blu-ray and it was worth the long wait indeed. It was lovely to see all the wonderful costumes worn by the orchestra again. It was great reliving that great night back in April and to be part of something so special to bring the legacy of your dad, Jamie. John Coleshaw's wit and humour was a great delight on the night too. I'd like to thank all the wonderful team that brought the concert together uh, and that night will stay with me for uh, the rest of my life. I'd also like to congratulate all the wonderful team at Anderson Entertainment for all the great, wonderful customer service and hard work they put into it they also deserve a pack on the a pat on the back 
And especially Louise, who was helpful about my recent orders. Ah, ah that's good, isn't they it? They are great. We've got a yeah. wonderful team. Absolutely right. Uh, Jonathan continues, I'm looking forward to hearing my Thunderbirds Terror from the Stars CD very much. All the voice artists, I believe, have done a wonderful job recreating the vibe of the original 60s show. And finally, I recently got the Thunderbirds board game from the uh, early 90s. And what ah. fun it was to play. Uh, it had all the pieces, so lucky me. I wonder how many other Podstrons have this 1992 Thunderbirds game too. So looking forward to getting the new Thunderbirds card game, I enclose photos of recent purchases for you. Yours faithfully, Jonathan Bell. P.S. I always listen to the end of the podcast. Oh, Uh-oh. Well, that's one. Really? Yeah, that's one. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's nice from Jonathan, isn't it? Very that's nice. lovely. Yeah. Garant Williams says, I happened across your video on YouTube about the missing verse or third verse from Fireball. If you look up the Cadets Fireball XL5 1982, it has the extra verse included. We've, and there's a couple of videos on YouTube. We've too. had the Cadets recommended <laughs> quite a lot, haven't we? But it's a yeah. very different style, as we, I think, may have yeah. commented. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's right. Uh, now, Big Al has got in touch to say, every Saturday in Big Al's house is Super Marination Saturday, where I start the day with a random episode of marionette magic usually picked by the randomizer chris dale the nice previous work. monday that's yeah, a good idea makes isn't sense it? yeah yes uh, sometimes my 11 year old daughter joins me but often the struggle to rise before 9 a.m is just too much that's for fair. big al uh, p.s he says great job with standby for action and the new thunderbirds audio releases plus the amazing fireball xl5 comics collection i'm looking forward to adding intergalactic rescue 4 to my pile of goodies as well oh yes well we'll be talking about that in the news oh we'll be now uh, Dom Riley says, greetings chaps, great podcast this week. I've been following Ellen for years on YouTube. So this is Ellen Rose, I believe, yes. who's a previous uh, podcast guest. Lovely person. Didn't realise her love of Thunderbirds went so deep. Uh, like myself, I was introduced to Thunderbirds by uh, partially by my gran and partially my late dad, in the sense that my gran would rent the VHS tapes from the library and then my dad bought the Carlton DVDs in 2001 for me. And from there, like Ellen, I was hooked. I really look forward to the next part of Ellen's interview. Furthermore, while on the vein of my dad, I found a letter that was sent to my dad in 1999 after the death of my grandma in which the sender said he had fond memories of going to my dad's house and watching Thunderbirds on the TV in the 60s. When I saw this, it brought a huge grin to my face. Stay safe, F-A-B-S-I-G-N-P-W-O-R, Dom Riley. Ah. Isn't that lovely? We've got so... I mean, we've always got lovely emails, but I feel like there's a particularly lovely edge to emails this week. I think you're right. Hmm. But then again, this one's from Simpsons Clips 24. Ah, okay. Well, let's see how we go with this one. <laughs> Hello, Richard and Jamie Simpsons Clips here. So I've been told by somebody in the know that Chris Dale may have had 40 people requesting to be on the randomizer after my appearance on there. Dear God, what have I started? Worries aside, I have another Anderson-related question that I'm hoping you may be able to answer. Relatively recently, I came across some concept art by Rodney Matthews for a proposed series with Jerry called Thunderbolt. And I saw that one of the images, a potential logo for the show, had the names Jerry Anderson, Rodney Matthews, and a certain Mr. Jamie Anderson. Mm. And I was wondering, what could you tell me about your involvement, Jamie? SIG, Simpsons Clips 24. Well, well, well. Mm. Excellent investigative work. Yes. I'm not quite sure how that particular logo made it into <laughs> public domain because it certainly uh-huh. shouldn't be i see uh no this is you know uh, dad and rodney love working together on lavender castle and we're hoping to do some more work and uh-huh. you know dad worked on an idea when he was not particularly well i worked must add and so it was sort of fairly uh-huh. underdeveloped yeah um and so rodney and i picked it up and gave it some development work a good few I years see. ago and yeah 
pitched it around a little bit. But yep. Rodney's Rodney's style is so beautiful, mm. but so difficult to translate. Mm. Stop motion was perfect for Lavender Castle, but of course, stop motion is very expensive and blah 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 blah. So right. at the moment, that's sat on the shelf. Um, okay, but you never know. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Great. All for now, but do keep them coming in. Let's try and make next week's emails as nice as this week's. Or we? even nicer. Yeah. How Podcast about that? at jerryanderson.com and I'll read them out next time. Oh, excellent. Sorry, I was having a big lug of I, coffee I heard then. That. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> Sorry. You took you by surprise. Um, you very much did. Anyway, uh, mm. what won't take you by surprise is the fact yeah, that yeah. there's lots of Jerry Anderson news. No, I know. Even now, every week. So, shall we swiftly skip into this week's? Jerry Anderson News. Yeah, swift as you like. Okay, here's the Jerry Anderson News. It's the Jerry Anderson News. News, 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 news. Oh, you've added in a bunch of news this week. Yeah, Interesting. Why not? Yeah. Also, can I just say, I'm really looking forward to hearing the festive Jerry Anderson podcast theme uh yes which uh, it's this time of year we, isn't it we should have, we should have had it the opening oh, yeah? of this one actually oh, i think we? Oh, okay but uh, of course we we couldn't hear it because no. during that bit we're in the green room yeah exactly um so oh, God, sorry <laughs> i interrupted the news that's absolutely fine <laughs> uh, that's that so yes yeah, so, uh, starting off with the news it's uh it's it's uh, it's that time of year i'm afraid so mm-hmm. you may hear the c word mentioned quite a lot uh, so if you're not that way inclined uh, and you're not a big person into christmas then apologies right. but you know but kind of unavoidable to some degree thunderbirds fire and fury is out have you got your CD copy or your download mm. copy? I think I said CD as if it was CD then. Uh, I did <laughs> yeah, actually meant, CD copy. I, I meant... I meant <laughs> compact disc. I, I do apologise. Mm. Fire and Furies 2, uh, brand new full cast audio drama stories from the world of Thunderbirds. And... Um, they're rather smashing. Great job. Adapted by Ian Meadows and one Nicholas Briggs. No idea who he is. No. Um, produced by Andrew Clements and starring our usual wonderful cast, including John Coleshaw and Genevieve Gaunt and Joe Jameson and Wayne Forrester and Justin T. Lee. And they're all brilliant. Yep. Can I just give you a couple of lovely review quotes that we've had? Oh, please do. Uh, previous podcast guest and uh, writer David Mundy says... The listener is immersed anew in Anderson's iconic atom punk aesthetic, which, in a flash, invokes the excitement of watching Thunderbirds as a spellbound eight-year-old once again. That's a nice one, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. And then, of course, we've also... I'm just scrolling through my reviews here. Apologies. Bear with me. Uh, The lovely Jack Knoll uh, of Security Hazard ends his video review which is a really nice review very thoughtfully put together Jack so thank you for that these releases are essential listening they really are a continuation of what was going on in the TV series in the 1960s oh isn't that nice praise indeed <laughs> so uh, yes hopefully more of those next year but we'd uh, you know love to get your feedback positrons are you enjoying them uh, do, do you like CDs do you just want downloads do you want both what what can mm. we do to make your Thunderbird audio experience even better drop us a line podcast at jerryanson.com great so from the familiar perhaps what might be called the jewel in the crown uh, yeah. of Jerry Anson stuff to an unknown property rather well relatively unknown we've mentioned oh, yeah. Intergalactic yeah. Rescue 4 in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks uh, now I just wanted to flag to you that the book is going out to pre-orders 
this coming week. Uh, we are still dealing with a little bit of a, a, a backlog from Captain Black Friday, uh, but they're on the way. Now, it's a limited hardback collector's run, and at yep. the time of recording, there are just over 100 copies remaining. So if you want to get your okay. collector's edition of this very special book, written by uh, uh, an, an, an award-nominated uh, actor... <laughs> That's true, yes. Richard N. James. Uh, then do go and grab it. It's just search for IGR4 or Stella Patrol on the Jerry Anson store. Um, Richard, I mean, if you could sum up Intergalactic Rescue 4 in one or two punchy sentences, what would you say oh, about it? Gosh, I would say, um, mm, uh, okay, it's Thunderbirds yep. meets Lost in Space. Great. It's uh, characters you will love. Yes. Uh Rescues that will enthrall, Ooh. and uh, an ongoing story <gasps> arc that will intrigue. Mm. How's that? Oh, that's a great summary. It was sort of four sentences, but okay. Good. Right. No, it was, well, it take was, your pick. It was very, very good. Uh, so yes, do grab that, and I'm so pleased that we can do little things like that to get. Uh, you know, the lost worlds of Jerry Anson out there and into yeah. your hands and minds, Podstrons. Yeah. Too right. Another way that we've been doing that is working with the lovely Robert Wood and David Hirsch on Maybe There, The Lost Stories from Space 1999. Now, the, hot, the hardback collector's edition is sold out. There are no more copies and we will not be printing any more. However, later this month, you will be able to get the paperback and the Kindle version. And that's kind of the pattern for things to go forward. We'll do a, a limited ah. run on a hardback of any novels yeah. and then they'll switch to paperback and Kindle. So if you nice. are a hardback collector then grab them before they go. Um, and if you're just keen to read them in any old way, want a digital one or a paperback, then you can you know, yeah. hang around to it later on. It's totally yeah, your call. We just want to make it as accessible as possible, but also you know, add to that lovely kind of collectability because I have to say, all those books, Stingray, Thunderbirds, uh, Five Star Five, IGR Four, and then maybe there, they they all look so beautiful together on the they shelf. They're really, really they're really lovely. I mean, I'm not I'm not a big kind of sequential collector of stuff, but I've mm. got them all together on my shelf, and they do look brilliant. So mm. there we go. Uh, later this month, we'll be beginning our little twelve days of Christmas uh, countdown. Oh yeah, counting down to Christmas Eve. I know that's not really twelve days of Christmas, but yeah. it's the way we're doing it. Um, and, and don't worry, it's not a salesy promotional thing. We're just going to be giving you some interesting, fun articles and videos, a few laughs, a few interesting tidbits along the way. So nice. keep an eye out there. Stand by for action. I know you're all enjoying that. We've had a few emails already. Yeah. Uh, the concert. There is a highlights video on the YouTube channel, if you haven't already seen that, where you can get the uh, the feel for some of the, the best-known tunes from the Jerry Anderson universe. The DVD and Blu-ray and CD are available, and I was very pleased to see the Blu-ray in the uh, Amazon charts. Wow, really? Yes, for music, Great. music video, and soundtracks. Yeah, um, it was number twelve. Fantastic. Today, at the time of recording, up there with uh, Andre Ryu yes. and uh, the Lion King and oh, nice, yeah. uh, Top Gun. Uh, I mean, loads of very contemporary and very big stuff, and we're mm -hmm. up there. So that was really Good. gratifying and really lovely to see. Um, and lots of amazing comments coming in from, from you, Podsterons, and elsewhere, uh, which are all getting passed on to the team who put it together. So thank you. Now, just a quick ask from me. Mm. If you have bought it from Amazon, that's absolutely mm. fine. Would you go and leave a review? I mean, a revating. Ah, yes. Um, because it just helps keep it up there. Because right now, if you look at the top 20 or 50 releases on Amazon... Yeah. They've all got loads of reviews because yeah. Standby Fraction is so new. It's the only one there with no reviews yet. Oh, okay. So that'll help right. it stay up there and keep things going and, you know, get things out there in the worlds of Anderson. So, right. 
Yeah, it would be really lovely if you could do that. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I did mention at the top of this, this is a long news section, isn't it? It is. Um, Tim Beddows, uh, you know, it's just such a shock and so very yeah. sad for all of us. You know, I, I looked through my emails and recent stuff, and Tim and I have been talking about all sorts of amazing stuff we were planning mm. over the next few years. And I Gosh. hope most of that will still go ahead. Yeah. Um, Super Colorization, that fantastic set of, I think, six color- colorized episodes, Four Feather Falls, two supercars, and three fireballs, uh, will be available to order from the Jerry Anderson store from the 12th of December. Uh, so if you'd like to grab that, it's a lovely, lovely set and such a wonderful experience to see it all in colour, as well as two full programmes of their sort of nights in, so as if you were sitting down and watching it where they're presented yeah. by Beaker and Matt Matic, and uh-huh. in the other one by Robert. That's me, unfortunately, uh, Robert the mm. Robot. Sorry about that. Uh, it's a lovely set, so do go and grab that. And also coming next year, as we mentioned, Jerry Anderson Life Uncharted, the extended edition. So Ben and I have been working on the extended version for that. There's lots of fantastic extra material in there, including Dad's take on the 2004 Thunderbirds film, in which he speaks very candidly about the whole thing, uh, in a way you might not have heard before. (laughs) Uh, And just to say congratulations to uh, director-producer Ben Field, should say Benjamin Field because that's his professional name. Oh yes, uh, on the recent nomination for a Content Innovation Award nice. uh, for the documentary for its use of deepfake. Now, we didn't win, but to be nominated is a great thing. We were up against yep. some amazing big uh, shows, including uh, Brian Cox. Um, what is oh, it? Seven yeah. Days on Mars was that the title? Right, right. Loads of good stuff. So it's really lovely to be recognised up there, yeah. and I'm sure there'll be some other award noms to come. But well oh, done, Ben. That's fantastic. And finally. Bearing in mind, I'm well aware of all the stuff that lots of us have got to deal with coming up to Christmas and all the cost of living stuff and electricity and all those things. So that please don't take this with any degree of expectation or uh, guilt tripping. There's none of that. No. If you do have a few quid to spare this uh, December, then as usual, as we ask uh, most years, actually, the Young People's Puppet Theatre are fundraising as part of this year's Big Give. Now, I've talked to you i'm sure about the the ypbt before but basically they go into schools in often deprived areas and a class of primary school kids get to put on their own puppet show from scratch they choose a play they design the sets uh they build the puppets they do all the performance all that kind of stuff and it's it's an amazing charity that does so much for the kids that go into those those programs it Mm -hmm. you might think what good can that really do but the quiet kids find their voice um bullies become sort of friends to many uh people who can't concentrate because they can't have difficulty concentrating find focus somehow it taps into all the challenges that kids have and answers them it's quite spectacular Um, now the big give is an annual thing where a trust or a foundation will match uh, one-to-one any donations that come in so basically if you go in and give a pound uh, it's worth two if you go and give 10 pounds it's worth 20 etc you get the maths yeah, um, yeah. so if you can today is the last full day of the day of release the 5th of december for right. the big give please do go and have a look uh, the short link is ander.sn slash big give so andr.sn slash big give and you can see there there's a great um, video showing you the impact in this case on a couple of ukrainian refugees a uh, couple of little girls who came in and became part of a project and they loved it and it really ch- changed their experience of uh, of being in the uk so yeah. 
you know, it's it's a lovely thing. If you've got a couple of quid to spare, it doesn't there's no donation too small. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you could support them or if you just spread the word. So thank you very much, Postrons. Yeah, sure. I know you. if you can, you will. And if you can't, then please just share the message. Really appreciate that. Um, Ander.son slash big give. And that is the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Very long news. <laughs> I know. It feels yeah, like... But we couldn't have left any of that out. I know. It's very important, no, wasn't it? it rem- absolutely. It, but it was so long, it reminded me, uh, when I went to uh, Shaun the Sheep uh, with oh, the yes. live uh, flight before Christmas uh, with a live uh, orchestra, which was yeah. done by Carrot, who put on Standby for Action with us, I took my goddaughter and her brother, who are five and seven, oh, yeah. and Oscar who is seven, yeah. uh, while we were waiting for the music to start, having been sat uh, for about eight minutes, yeah. said, Jamie, how long is it going to be? It's been three <laughs> years. Well, that was the news section on this week's podcast. So sorry the for making it feel like long. three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. We love to hear news. We love to hear all the stuff that's going on in the Jerry Anderson universe. And there's so much more. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, over on our Facebook group, for yes. example, that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons. Yes. Uh, Matty Kescavari has mm. posted, uh, just watch the concert with my dad. Uh, this ah. is a standby action concert. Uh, I'm sure, or rather, it sure would have been fabulous to have been there in person. Yeah, but, you know, the Blu-ray and DVD is a sort of second best, isn't it? It is. Or even a companion piece, because, of course, very often on screen you get to see a bit more. You get the close-ups and the wide shots and the mid-shots, and you know. So. You'll definitely get to see stuff that you probably couldn't see That's right. Uh, That's right. In, the live, in the live audience. So, there, yeah, it's good. Uh, Stuart James Lusher says, I finished listening to Thunderbirds Operation Asteroids audiobook when I got home from work, and it was brilliant. Tomorrow evening, I'm going to listen to Thunderbirds Peril in Peru audiobook, and I would like to say to everyone who worked on all of these audiobooks, including Thunderbirds Terror from the Stars, that they were brilliant ah, in lovely. bringing all the characters to life and the sound effects from the original series. F-A-B. I mean, they're going down like, what's the word? Gangbusters, aren't they? Gangbusters. I wonder what you're going to say then. Some sort of sandwich? Uh, no, yeah. they, no, they, they are Great. going down extremely well, and you know we'd love you to try them. But again, if there's if there's anything we can do to make them more accessible for mm-hmm. you or yeah. other stuff you'd like to hear, let us know. Email us podcast at jerryanderson.com and you know we we're really interested to make this a two way street because yeah. without you guys, then oh, there's, there's no one for these things to be enjoyed right. by, and we want you to That's enjoy true. them to the max. Yes. Uh, David Hollis says, My Captain Black Friday collection has come through the door. Great work, Anderson Warehouse team. Woo-hoo. Thank you. And he posted pictures of his first action bureau box set, his Firestorm Blu ray, and Thunderbirds Danger Zone game. Cool. What That's a, a great big haul. haul, isn't it? Yeah. That's all right. Uh, Jeff Cope says, I find it so disconcerting seeing characters on Thunderbirds smoking and drinking. Was this <laughs> commonplace on kids' shows in the UK? Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, but AC says not common on kids shows. No, but then Thunderbirds isn't a kids show. Uh, yes, that is That's very true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's a family show. That's right. AC continues. If they'd been doing it on Noddy or Rainbow, then that would have been a different story. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine Rainbow cocktails? I yeah. can definitely imagine that. That's right. Uh, and finally, Morty Vicker sums it all up very nicely. Some very sad news. He says Tim Beddoes, MD of Network Distributing, fab guest on Pod Ten has sadly passed away at the age of 59. I think pretty much all of us can look around the room we're sitting in right now and see a network product so influential has network been in the actual business of bringing the worlds we love back to us. I'm sure I speak for all Podstrons in sending our sincere and heartfelt condolences to his family and all who knew, all who knew him. May his memory be a blessing. Thanks, Tim. 
Ah, uh, yes, that's lovely, Morty. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I know I already um, sort of gabbled on at the beginning of this about, mm. about Tim, but a, another thing that I should mention is that, you know, those deluxe sets and, uh, you know, all the extra features that you got, mm. they were not commercial decisions from Tim. That sure. wasn't a, you know, oh, how can we make this set more expensive? Yeah. He would make, uh, you know, decisions as sole MD, the only person in charge, yeah. that were against the commercial best in- interests of network huh. in order to produce something that was really memorable and special. So, you know, if you've ever thought, oh, that's a bit expensive, mm. I can tell you that they would have been better off just doing plain old discs yeah. Yeah. rather than all those extra features because we, as as we know producing stuff like that in those numbers it's actually really expensive to do but tim would always go above and beyond so that the fans experience of those sets was the best it could possibly be so you know you don't often get that these days but uh, that's how yeah. much tim loved the shows that he wanted you to have the best experience possible at the other end fantastic and there we are. So, uh, yes, do join in on our uh, Facebook group, join in the conversation. Post your own thoughts uh, about Tim and network, and uh, why not post a picture of your network collection? I know oh, a yes, lot of you have got yes. stuff on your shelves, so let's see it by way of a tribute. Uh, yeah, keep on posting. I'll read them out next time. Lovely stuff. Uh, now, our podcast wouldn't be the same without our fantastic interviewees and contributors right. who come and yes. join us, because otherwise Amazing. it would just be me, Richard, and Chris <laughs> yeah. jabbering Which, on. Yeah. I mean, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? I mean, it is two-thirds of that anyway, yeah. but it's nice to have some variety. And variety this week is exactly what we have. Mm-hmm. So you may have seen on Twitter a tweeter called Dr. Peter Caddick Adams. That may mm-hmm. not be a name that you're instantly familiar with, but he's always tweeting Anderson stuff. And it became right. very clear to me that he loves all things Anderson, particularly Thunderbirds, but uh, anything vehicular is definitely uh-huh. his area. Now... Uh, Dr. Caddick Adams is a military historian, as it turns out. He's a professor on the history of war, uh, a broadcaster, a writer, Mm. and an Ander fan. Excellent. Uh, And he has an absolutely unique perspective on all Anderson shows. uh, And I had a really lovely chat with him. And he really surprised me with a few things where he's going into fairly high up global organizations to talk about leadership and military strategy and history yeah. and quite often we'll end up referring to something jerry anderson um <laughs> so that really took me by surprise there's yeah. some lovely little nuggets in here so here is dr peter caddick adams part one well hello jamie it's great to be here i'm peter caddick adams i'm a professional military historian but born in the very earliest of Anderson generations. <laughs> That's a very nice way of not saying how old you are, Peter. I'm not going to ask you, don't worry, because we're going to discover probably your, your earliest Anderson memories. I think this might be the first time we've had uh, anyone, even vaguely kind of military historian related, since we had on an author called Sean Feast, who wrote the book about my late uncle, Dad's brother Lionel. And his influence and stuff on the show. So it's going to be very interesting to get your thoughts and insights on that. That is, that is fascinating because I just think of a lot of the series being very, very militarized and heavily influenced by, well, the war that had just happened sort of yes. 15, 20 years beforehand. So I, that's a, this is a huge gap in. <laughs> In your entertainment and your your uh, your chats and podcasts, because 
I see it in purely and almost purely in terms of you know, military interest, and and it's there in every program if you look. Oh, we can. We, I completely agree. I mean, we 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 recently did the the documentary Jerry Anson Life Uncharted, and we covered a big chunk in there about Lionel, uh, his older brother, the hero brother, who we believe went on to become Mike Mercury, Steve Zodiac, Scott, Troy, all those characters. We think were essentially replacements for for the hero brother that he lost in the war. I mean, I know a little about him, but 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 not a great deal. But I know that Thunderbirds came from Thunderbird Field, which is an airbase I've been to see in Arizona, I think it is. Fal- um, yeah, Fal- Falcon Field, his, now known as that, yeah. Yeah, where his brother was uh, was training during the war, I think. Yes. Um, at the time. I mean, the I, I, I was trying to gather my thoughts, and then a complete left field came in because I was doing some other work on the Cold War. And I sat down and I watched the movie Strategic Air Command, which – James Stewart made in mm-hmm. 1955. And it's all about the B-26 sort of nuclear-capable bombers that were um, you know, roving, roving the skies all the time, um, waiting for World War III to happen. And the opening sequence of that is of this huge, great big monster, the last great big, I think it's got six propellers or something, um, mm. bomber taking to the skies. And there's wonderful shots of that. Uh, you know, the fuselage lifting and the undercarriage slotting into its place. And that is pure fire flash and all the other craft. <laughs> yes. And if you were to put a bit of Barry Gray to the beginning of that, because the opening sequence, it's all black and white. Mm. And yet what, you know, Thunderbirds just leapt out at me. And I just thought, wow, I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be a, a direct link there because it was so visually obvious to me. Mm. So. You haven't seen that? Take that one away. Have a look at it and see what you think. Because I'm amazing. Sold in the first seconds. Okay, I will do, and I'll be in my head playing along some some Barry Gray music. <laughs> so, I mean, you you've already essentially shown your Anderson credentials by the fact that you've mentioned your thoughts about it being uh, kind of military militarily linked, uh, and you've already mentioned and name check Barry Gray. So, I know we're on to a winner here. But I am going to ask you to somewhat possibly show and reveal your age, Peter, if we could take you back in time, if you don't mind, to okay, your earliest so Anderson I, experience. I, I was, uh, so we're, to, we're talking about the mid-1960s, mm-hmm. um, when television is transitioning from black and white to colour. So I can remember Stingray in black and white. Mm-hmm. I can sort of begin to remember uh, Thunderbirds in colour. So we're to- we must be talking sort of 65, 66, something like that. I would have been watching Stingray as I think the first series that I remember sitting down just after school in my little grey shorts, uh, <laughs> sitting down and watching. But I was aware that, um, oh, yeah, Fireball XL5 had also been on, and that was, yep. that was presumably on, on, on as repeat. Um, and someone gave me an annual of a thing called Supercar, which I never watched at the time. So I think I've just about encompassed sort of all the range. So I was born in 1960, and so that must be, you know, right bang in the middle of of um, the, the sort of Thunderbirds generation. And there's hardly yeah. there's hardly anyone I speak to of my vintage who doesn't isn't aware of this. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've I've worked as a military historian or international relations specialist in 58 countries around the world, and Inevitably, I, I weave Thunderbirds or Jerry Anderson into an awful lot of my presentations because I talk about the <laughs> Thunderbirds generation or the Airfix School of Military History, which is something else. Nice. Like. 
like uh, time with you. And there's instant buy-in wherever I go in the world. So 58 countries certainly sign up to Thunderbirds. Amazing. So, yeah, so Thunderbirds um, and then Captain Scarlet um, and, and Joe 90. And I think, you know, with so many of these things, the music's got to work. And in, in every case, it did. Um, um, music is all about memories. But but each time you can just sort of triangulate where you were and what you were thinking. And, I mean, looking back now, God, I love the music from UFO, that really funky <laughs> electronic <laughs> 1970. You know, you can, you, you can almost work out which year just by how, how wacky the music is and, and it completely progresses and changes yeah although while always being very identifiably barry gray and completely at odds with other kids entertainment at the time i think yeah i, I and i think that's that i mean that's that's one of the longevities of of the, the whole anderson business is it, it's it's unique and was always unique and very very special and very very different mm. um so uh, it, and, and I think, you know, the, the real stars, particularly of Thunderbirds and Marvel XL5 and Stingray were leading up to that, were the craft, not the people, not the public, yeah. not the Super Mario. And I think, you know, that's where the film went wrong, the, the much later, 2004 or whenever it was, because they tried to make the people, front up the people uh, as, yeah. the, uh, as the heroes and, and, and the... Uh, you know, driving a drama, whereas it was always, you know, in Thunderbirds, it was, it's, it was the craft. Um, and you can do anything with models. And that's, you know, that's why Derek Meddings was so, so very, very good. Goes on to do all the James Bond and yeah. Superman stuff. But it, it was those craft that really captivated all of us, I'm absolutely sure. And also the idea that it's set in the future. Mm. So, you know, I, I, you know, I write... I've I've written what seven or eight books about, about military history, and, and I'm always playing around with fiction. And the easiest way to set any fiction or, or, or talk about um, the past is is you're talking about a complete world, and military history is about that. Mm. And um, you know all the Anderson creations were about the future, and so you can invent anything, you can do anything, you can defy gravity, you can do away with haircuts, you can come up with horrible string vests and make, make, make them normal. Um, <laughs> you get, and purple hair. Um, oh yes. And, and you know, the, and, and, and it's incredibly important that, that, you know, so much of this was going on in the 1960s when the space race was happening and it's not happening now in the same way. Mm. I mean, yeah, there's sort of Elon Musk, but, but you know, yeah. the amount of money being poured into the space race between America and Russia just made everything possible. Man on the moon, no problem. 1969. Yeah. You know, and so we, you know, we believed it was all, you know, I was sold the future was going to be rockets, interplanetary exploration, of course. Um, and robots. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Without a doubt. And I, to be honest, I feel rather shortchanged. Yes, I think it is a bit of a letdown by comparison, isn't it? But that that's an interesting point though. That do, do you think these shows would have so captivated their audience if it wasn't for the context of the space race. If they, you know, if they'd come ten years later, would, would they have been so exciting for people? Well, I think they they reflected where the because you know we 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 watched all the realities of the real rocket launches mm. um, and the man on the moon and you know everything else. We all knew the names of the astronauts and everybody had for their Christmas present um, the Saturn V rocket from Airfix. Of course. Assemble. And all the rest of it. 
<laughs> um, so that's all going on in the background. And if you, if you then got another television show that's aimed at kids that is developing that, but setting it another 50 years hence, God, I mean, that's the, the appeal of that is so amazing because it's, you're, you're developing your own sensory perceptions and, 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 you know, contemplating a future because when you're, when you're a child, you, you don't think about the future at all, you know, and, and, um, you, you don't think about death. I mean, it happens to old people and pets. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, your, your, your range of sensibilities and knowledge is incredibly immature. So you can, you can fast forward to the future and it can do anything. And if you've got a really talented team like the Andersons who, who glue it all together and give you all these reference points based on, you know, what you can see on television news. Wow. I mean, it, 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 it just sold so well. Um, mm. And, and things like, you know, you know, there's a real Rolls Royce. So let's soup it up and see what happens when it's, you know, driven by Lady Penelope or driven by Parker for Lady yeah. Penelope. You know, the whole package was just in, incredibly well done. And, I mean, you know, as an adult, you know, you look at it and think, God, you know, world president, yeah. uh, <laughs> Mr. Arms. Yeah. But, you know, at that age, it doesn't matter. You can suspend all these, these, these beliefs. And I think, you know, there are, I, I mean, I've got lots of friends who work for the International Red Cross or the United Nations, and yeah. they are all Thunderbirds devotees. Oh, I'm very glad to hear that. That's and, great. You know, if, if you talk to some of them about where the, where the first seeds of wanting to, you know, do something more international come from, mm. you know, in some cases it is, you know, it's Thunderbirds, it's Spectrum, it's, um, it's, it's whatever it is, Fireball Excel. So much, you know, there's so many seeds you don't know about as a family mm. that were planted that just made people think in there before they were even teenagers. Yeah. And then it all, all came to fruition for them much later on. Yeah. Well, that that's amazing. And the power of entertainment, isn't it? And stuff, you put it in context of other things, perhaps around certainly a similar time of Fireball XL5 and Supercar, like, well... Andy Pandy and uh, Bill and Ben oh. and Muffin the Mule and I, as as wonderful as they are in in a kind of retro way, a nostalgic way, they certainly didn't have the same the same impact because we've met people along the way who now work at NASA and the European Space Agency and their top flight AI researchers. They've gone into medical the medical field, uh, obviously into film and TV as well. So I yeah, know I mean it's always really gratifying and reassuring to hear yet other fields where people were inspired by Anderson. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, the whole business of soldiering, of, of, of serving in the military. Mm. I mean, you know, you've, you've got all three aspects, um, maritime, uh, land, uh, and air, mm. um, and it encompasses them all. I mean, never mind all the sort of wonderful craft, but you've, you've got the U.S. Navy who, who shoot down Thunderbird 2 at one stage. <laughs> yes. Whoops. Um, and then, then they're involved in hunting for the, the traces who are, you know, International Rescue are sort of suddenly a pariah organization in one of the episodes, I seem to remember. Mm. And then, um, and then the U.S. Army completely unravel with uh, what is it, Sidewinder that falls into the pit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you've you even reinvented all the sort of U.S. Army uniforms um, mm. and everything else. So I, you know, I, I, it, it, it's always it's pushing the bounds of of um, of where the future might go because there's there's no, you know, it's nothing like a a sort of late twentieth century vehicle. Or object everything has been developed into its next iteration which is what i love you don't have helicopters you have heli jets mm. 
or magna copters. There's there's some yeah, there's I, some cooler variant, isn't there? Yeah, you know. So, so and and um, you know, if you if if you fast forward it into UFO, you've got you know the big chat of the the day was whether UFOs exist and how many people had, had seen flying saucers. Um, so again, you've, you've you've taken another contemporary reality and spun it out into good and evil and you know, mm. where these people are coming from. Which, and and I think you know the the what kids love is the idea of a parallel universe. Mm. That's why Harry Potter works so well. Yeah, and that that's what you've got with Tracy Island or Spectrum or Shadow. You've got all these you know secret organizations that the rest of the world don't know about but they're there to protect us or help us hmm. in parallel so you know for a kid you think well this could be real this could be actually going on well we're you know and and you know that's uh so ufo was a development of that so hmm. you know and we we love you know stuff that's hidden hidden passages organizations people things and and, and you know that's partly what the show was about as well yeah the hidden the hidden and the secret certainly from from mr ons to uh to underground bases and beyond i mean in all these you know you've already flagged it really there's there's a heavy military connection i mean other than the secret service i can't really see anything that doesn't have a, a militaristic connection and yet dad came out of the war having lost his brother being extremely anti-war and an anti-military if anything and yet, those structures are, are there in oh, every well, single. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realise that. I didn't mm. realise he was. So that's why he's trying to push for the idea of the sort of you know world president and and uh, um, I, I believe an internationally so. unified future. Yeah, I believe oh, well, that so. Makes, yeah. That makes absolutely perfect sense to me. Mm. But and and yet the structures are all all military uh, reflections, aren't they? Well, I mean, go to Spectrum and Captain Scarlet, and and you know you've got a, a military organisation there with mm. military ranks and everything else, and um, I mean, very far ahead of its time if you think of the the Angels, all female pilots, yeah, and from lots of different ethnic backgrounds, which is you know hugely hugely innovative for the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, way ahead of its time. And of course, you can push you can push the bounds with supermarination rather than real life people. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, that, you know that must have helped before. Where you get the idea of a, a funny old man with white hair surrounded by angels living in he living above the clouds, um, <laughs> in, engaged in a constant battle against one of their number who's gone over to the dark side. Yes. <laughs> um, where it, it never struck me until much much later on that this mm. was you know, biblical in origin. Yes. But where that idea sort of popped up from, I don't know. But it, it, it was so cleverly done and it never occurred to, to, to most kids, certainly never occurred to me. Yeah. And again, it, it's funny because that's another thing from Dad's childhood is, is rejecting religion. And yet you've ah. got this, you've got, and but you do, you have this thing that, which is fairly kind of yeah. allegorical, really. It's just that the Mistrons are, you know, from the red planet rather than the, fiery depths of, of hell i suppose if you're looking at it from that perspective well well but i, I just love that imagination at work it's because it would be very easy to you know irrespective of what lou grade wants and and is going to sell it would be mm. very easy to get stuck in the rock with a, mm. a thunderbirds like formula 
But Captain Scarlet goes in a completely different direction. I mean, it's Captain. There's an awful lot of shooting and death in Captain. Oh, huge amounts. I mean, you compare that with Thunderbirds, where there's almost no weapons that that kill people. I mean, it's natural disasters. Mm. Um, and, and you're at war with the elements rather than and, and and technology that's that's gone rogue or has just just failed. Whereas Captain Scarlet is, is completely, you know, much much darker. Presumably, Joe Ninety reverses that trend because probably too many people felt that Captain Scarlet and Co were were just pushing the boundaries of what was suitable for kids. Pretty murderous. I mean, Joe killed quite a few people. Well, that's true. <laughs> and the, yeah, and the Secret Service, there's a bit of um, death and destruction going on as well. I mean, yeah, the Secret Service is a bit of an outlier. I mean, did, did you see the Secret Service at the time when it was broadcast? Yeah, I sort of remember it. I remember, you know, the, the, the priest leaning out of the window as the church bells rang. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to me, it was it was it had far more humans in it, or far more human features in it, um, yeah. and so I was less interested because mm. I, and that's why Thunderbirds work really, really well because you know it's you know it's another world. And therefore, you're willing to suspend your belief because the, the machines lead it. Mm. And it doesn't matter that the, um, the puppets have slightly larger heads than they should do. And you can see the wires. The eyes are all boggly every now. Mm. Whereas I always thought when Captain Scott to make it almost more realistic for people, yeah, you're trying to fix a problem that doesn't really exist. Yeah. I think that's an excellent analysis. And, and many of the puppeteers and sculptors at the time would agree with you. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, certainly. Well, Christine Glanville and Mary Turner, I believe, from the time, were really thought, yeah. you know, why are we trying to make puppets into humans? They're puppets. You know, puppets are caricatured absolutely. by their very nature. And, no, the, and the most successful characters, you might say, are those who are most caricatured. So Parker from Thunderbirds, who is incredibly caricatured compared to the rest, is probably one of the, the more memorable ones and the, the, the characters that worked the best. And yet, it, you know, it was Dad's desire, I guess, to remove what he saw as limitations from the puppets and make them as as human as possible. Well, I mean, James uh, Brains, almost an Elton John lookalike, um, mm. is you know is is the other super caricature that yeah. everybody remembers. Yeah, I mean, and those have carried right through to today as, as stereotypes. Parker mm. and Brains and Lady Penelope. Oh yeah, I mean, I, not a day goes by where I don't see a comparison to uh, one of the um, uh, Noel or uh, I, I've forgotten the bloody names from uh, Oasis, uh, Noel Gallagher, oh, yes. oh, yeah. uh, Gallagher. Or, yeah. or or Nigel Farage, even who is often compared to Parker. They're they're, <laughs> they're pretty regular ones. Mm. Thank you, Peter. Fascinating. More Peter next week. We had such Good. a nice chat, and he's his yeah. lovely doggy in the background. We both have oh. doggies in the background while we were doing this. <laughs> Indeed. Um, if you want to follow Peter on Twitter, you can find him at Military History. That's history with an I at the end instead of a Y. Oh, okay. Military History. Mm-hmm. His latest book is called Victory in the West, and it's all about the end of World War Two, and is available from all good booksellers now. Nice. Uh, but yes, I really enjoyed that. And just the, the reveals about these conferences he goes to where there's so much love for Anderson stuff in a field yeah. that we hadn't really thought about before. No, no, that's um, right. It's kind of brilliant. So yeah. yes, Peter is back uh, next week. And Peter, thanks for taking the time out to have a chat with me because he's a very busy man. 
Oh, I'm sure, yes. And I'd also like to say thank you to all those tweeters over on Twitter for taking time out of their busy schedule to tweet us. Hashtagging us, Jerry Anderson Podcast, and tagging me, Richard M. James. Him over there, I'm Jamie Anderson. And him over there by the big red button, Chris Dalek. Oh. For example, David Lee Summers tweeted, while listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast, I discovered a new show I hadn't watched before and I fell in love with it. And he's posted a blog post where he discusses Lavender Castle. Ah, oh, yes, of good, course. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, see, I love the way that this kind of cross-pollinates between between shows and people find out about yeah. shows they've never touched and others Absolutely. go, God, I haven't watched that for 20 years and they'll go back and watch yeah. an episode of Fireball or whatever. That's um, right. So, yes, bless Chris Dale and his lovely randomizer. Uh, yeah, Steve Schofield tweeted, getting a shout-out from my wonderful friend Ellen Rose on the Jerry Anderson podcast has absolutely made my day. Ah. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Lars Lundquist uh, tweeted, hey, Ellen, just wanted to say it was real fun to hear you on the latest Jerry Anderson podcast. Can't wait for part two. Well, hope you enjoyed that as well, Lars. Now, uh, over on YouTube, there's a very quick video of the launch of Intergalactic Rescue 4 at London Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago. Scofair mm. has commented underneath saying, it's wonderful that Jerry's unique brand of science fiction is continued and appreciated. Uh, John Clay posted, well done, Richard James. Comic-Con looks good and busy. Interesting two minutes. Uh, looking forward to the next podcast. Hayley Davis says, this looks so cool. Looking forward to reading it. And finally, Paul Kinnear says, good luck with the new book. I'll be getting a copy as soon as possible. Edit. In fact, I just went and pre-ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> nice so editing. Yeah, well, I hope you do all enjoy it. Do let us know what you think. Send in your thoughts to uh, podcast at jerryanderson.com and I'll read out your reviews. Please yeah. do that. Now, there you go. before we get into Chris's randomizer, I, can, I know he's itching to press his button. I bet he is. But can I just say I forgot something in the news? What? I know. I, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I, I just want to give you posting dates for Christmas. Okay. Uh, I, I know it's the C word again, sorry. But yeah. I know lots of you will be wanting to get some stuff in time for Christmas. Bear in mind, there are postal strikes and all sorts of stuff. So give yourself some safety cushion uh, mm. in terms of timing. UK last posting dates. Our last recommended posting date is the 12th of December. That's really soon. That's next it Monday. Yeah. Goodness me. Um, actual last one for second class. We tend to do first class sign for, but it's the 19th of December. So you're probably safe there. First class, which is what we send things by, is the 21st of December. So you get stuff in by midday on the 21st. Mm. You're probably in with a fairly good chance of it arriving Christmas Day. Yeah. After that, it's only special requests on the 22nd by um, DPD. Yeah. And we can't guarantee we can get to it because it's going to be really tight for timing. So just bear in right. mind, okay. super safe, 12th of December, fairly safe, 19th of December, bit risky, 21st of December. There you go. And for <laughs> okay. international stuff, Last date for our kind of T-shirts and manufacture on demand has already been and gone. So mm. we cannot guarantee getting stuff to you now. Uh, mm. Australia, New Zealand, it's going to be pushing it now. USA, it's today if we're sending it to you from the UK. And then around Europe, really, you want to be ordering by the 9th of December latest to make sure that it's going to be with you in time. Mm. It's it's so tricky these days because yeah. we're all working so remotely. There's more uh, there's more uh, e-commerce going on. We're, right. we're in shops less, so everything's yes. strained. We've got the Royal Mail strikes and all that That's sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. So please bear with us. We are doing our best. And Louise and Tim and Michael, who work so hard on operations and customer service, um, I'm giving them a, an extended little Christmas break. So they, our customer service desk will be closed from the end of play on the 22nd of December until the 4th of January. Right so we, we will get back to you as soon as possible after that. But do, please don't expect responses in that time. 
because they really, really have earned a break. They all deserve it. They deserve more than that, but too sorry, that's too much yeah. to do. <laughs> Great. Good. Right, I'll stop now. Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to be in the news. Uh, what's next now, Richard James? Now I've messed up the order well, of our podcast. I'm done and dusted, so I think it's over to Chris Dale for the randomizer. Oh, please, Chris, I need a breather. Over to you. I'd just like to say we're glad to have you with us, sir. Well, thank you very much, Joan. Seems like I was only up here last month, but I was so impressed by what you girls came up with last time that I'm back to see if you can work your magic again. It won't order the result. Yes, I know it's random. We could get a classic or a not-so-classic, but even so, I'd like you to give it a try today. Good luck. Thank you, that's it. Yes, 230 episodes down now. Still a long way to go yet. Might as well be at the other end of the universe. That's quite... When will the first pictures be through, sir? Oh, any time now, as soon as we get the printout. Yes, that's it. And let's see. Ah, okay. Well, today's episode is one I'm sure I've seen, but I don't remember all that well. It's the quick brown... Fox? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant. Is there anything else? Maybe do with some coffee. Oh, uh, cream and sugar, please. Yes, sir. Lovely. Well, then, here's the protectors. So... With some very funky music, we welcome The Protectors back to the randomizer, but this time it's season one. I don't think we've been here since... Oh, whenever the last time was. Actually, I think maybe the last time we were in season one was for an episode that I often mistake for this one. I get this one and the numbers game mixed up. I don't know why, because they're two totally different stories, but I just, in my brain, they seem to occupy the same space. I think it's because the titles are just... Well, no, even the titles are, are both totally different. It's, uh... I have an appointment with Senor Keller. I don't know what my problem is. But, uh, the Contessa? Is it the villa of Senor Keller, played by Morris Perry? Five, four, three... Why is she counting down? One, go. Oh, they're dropping Harry off once they've got past the, uh, the guard at the gate. There's a long drive up to the, uh... The villa, so they've let Harry go en route so that he can make his way in on foot, possibly to do some detective work of some kind. Of course, this being the first season, uh, the Contessa still has her chauffeur, Chino, the chauffeur, and also Paul is around with his motorbike. What's he doing here? He's getting a tape recorder ready of some kind of something or others going on here. I don't know what because, as I said, I. I very vaguely remember this episode and when I do remember this episode I get it confused with another episode so but uh, I like the fact that Morris Perry is in, is going to be in this episode because uh, I do like him in other things he's a uh, he's a regular face from oh, some lovely guard dogs lovely German Shepherd guard dogs yeah a, a familiar face from other ITC shows and uh, Doctor Who and such an honor contest So I'm, I think this is Barcelona, where they're, they're filming this. Um, again, that's a vague memory. I probably should have checked. Oh, well, I've said it now. Barcelona it is. Oh, no. Harry's been spotted by Doggy. Or has he? I don't know. Yes, it seems like the dogs are on his scent. But luckily, Chino has watched the dogs go, and he is going to... Ah, signal to Paul who presses play on the tape recorder and it produces that lovely noise to distract the dogs. This is uh, this is from the uh, Protectors 
Dog distraction department. We do. It's so lovely round here. There's a beautiful situation for a villa. Up there on the cliff. Out mm. of the question, I'm afraid, Contessa. Yes, Morris Perry has got a lot of uh, uh, scantily clad ladies sat around the pool. He's clearly very wealthy. But how did he get all this money? I think that's what we're uh, trying to find out. Oh. Yes, it's now... The sound has now reached a high enough frequency for the dogs to hear. Oh. Um... They, they they managed to create two dogs out of one shot there. They just uh, showed one dog reacting, and then they flopped the footage to show the same dog reacting, but pretending to be a different dog. There we go. You change your mind. I guess Barcelona doesn't have many uh, professional dog actors to hire. As you may be aware, Contessa, I am a man with a past. For me, that past is dead and buried. I regret what I did, what I was. Oh, I detect a bit of a German accent here. That is true. I still have interlopers, journalists, sensation seekers. That's the guards, that's the dogs. Oh, that's this excessive quantity of champagne. No villas overlooking my estate. So, he's wealthy, he's got secrets, he's got a German accent. And this is an ITC show of the early 70s, and there was one thing ITC shows were quite fond of, uh, usually one or two episodes per series would deal with, uh, well, with the fallout of something that happened in the 1940s. You know, you name it, name an ITC show, chances are they did an episode revolving around what we're about to find here. Possibly once Harry has unlocked this door, I, uh, I may have started talking about this a bit too soon. Ah, but luckily Harry has a skeleton key to unlock that door. The dogs have found the tape recorder. Turn that off. Hmm. Oh, these so cute doggies. Ah, uh, yes. Harry is now broken in, and inside the room, well, photos of a certain person whose dulcet tones you may be uh, hearing there. There's various um, pictures, bits of bric-a-brac. All left over from the Second World War. And there's a photo of uh, Maurice Perry standing behind a certain mustachioed gentleman. So we're back from the opening titles. That seemed to be a very long teaser, actually, probably one of the longest of the series. And I've got to say that shot of that photo, I should say, rather, of uh, Morris Perry in his um, Nazi regalia standing be behind um, Mr. Hitler. Uh, it's actually very well done. Even though he served a 10 year sentence, he's lost none of his Nazi allegiance. Considering very often in these things where they try to sort of photo collage things together, it never looks convincing. That actually looks like a genuine convincing photo, so well done to the show for that. That's right, and they're all living in luxury with annual payments that amount Paul is, um, seems to be practicing his shooting on a, a cardboard ball, by the way. German government figures that if we can cut off the source of funds, these guys are going to have to come out into the open. Right, where they can be dealt with by the ordinary processes of the law. Exactly. So, surveillance on Keller looks like a good starting point. Hmm. Hence me and my cravat, and my... Paul is looking very sporty this week. The contestant's on top of it. This was also uh, during that period where you could... Yeah, I say a lot of ITC shows did... Uh, oh no, some Nazis have survived kind of thing. Of course, this was back in the day when you could do uh, an episode like that and say... Oh, Nazis are bad, whereas 
nowadays, unfortunately, there are people who would say, Well, no, actually, which is just awful. Anyway, um, this funky music is, um, this is uh, someone has pulled up in a Jeep outside a post box and posted something into the post box. Chino is watching because in the post box, they have a self-sealed envelope ready to catch the post. He is now retrieving that envelope from the post box. Good job that nobody else came and posted anything else of importance before he had to do that. But he's dropped the uh, the empty bag into the post box. He's now heading back to the limo with a pair of letters. What's going on here? Payments. Electricity company, water company. Oh, bills, bills, bills. Ah, this is more interesting. H. Graz, Post Restaurant, Geneva, Switzerland. Switzerland, oh, so we're not. Uh, wouldn't want Herr to have his electricity cut off. No, no, no. We're not just in Barcelona. This is uh, nice. Well, I say that we are still in Barcelona. Maybe we'll go somewhere else later on. Zero temperature has a well tested effect on most forms of adhesion. Ah, this is why they're the best. The protectors know how to open envelopes without uh, ripping them open. No names, no signature, just the date, and the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Aha. Oh. A sentence engraved on every stenographer's heart. Oh, oh yes, that's uh, that's uh, a sentence that contains every letter in the English language. Mm. I remember that much. It's a... 14th, and we're still in the middle of July. A typing uh, exercise. Grads of Geneva with the wrong date, and a secretary's exercise for a message. Hmm. Well, what do you make of it? Well, every typewriter types differently. They're as individual as a person's signature. As a matter of fact, they're better than a signature. You don't have to reveal your name. Now, suppose H. Gratz in Geneva already has a copy of this sentence written by this typewriter. Ah. Every letter in the alphabet to go on. So the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog simply to prove that this letter is genuine. Right. Well, where's the message? So... Got to be in the date. Hmm? Well, the title, then, has very little bearing on this episode. Uh, as I suspected it, it might. Anywho, we seem to have a plan. Track down the typewriter. And the only way to do this is you to... Recreate that sentence with a different date. Go and talk to a professional typewriter... On this machine... I have to take the machine to adjust every spacing, every letter, to match the original. Uh, observe that the letter R is slightly worn. Mm. And that the key... Types just a little high. This is interesting uh, that they're they're not going straight down the action path. They're being a bit more meticulous in their research with this. Mañana, and you can name your own price. Mañana, señor. Mañana. I can't remember what that means. Oh, but here's a pretty blonde lady in very 70s-looking clothes. I seem to think she was hanging around Morris Perry's swimming pool. I could be wrong, but she got a close-up at the pool, and I think it might be the same lady. Hola. Juan, I must speak to Senor Keller. It's very urgent. That was Alf Joint picking up the telephone at um, Morris Perry's pad. Alf Joint, a regular stuntman on a lot of these shows. We may have mentioned him before. He was Steiner in Breakaway and uh, various other various other episodes. He's always very familiar and of course that wasn't his voice saying hola. Yeah, the blonde lady. I think we got a tail. 
is onto onto them. Right out. Keep straight ahead. Again, I really want to see this show in HD because some of this location filming is just just beautiful, especially for a, a group that didn't really have much experience on on doing too much of this. I mean, you look at the location filming in in previous Anderson shows; it is, with the exception of the stuff in Portugal for Doppelganger, um, mostly it is just around Burnham Beaches and uh, Black Park. It's all very UK focused and then you get all this in the protectors it, it just looks lovely right so um the protectors were being followed by a, a hairy man in a van with a moustache and sunglasses of course harry has managed to sort of double back and is now well attempting to force the van to stop has succeeded in forcing the van to stop and uh chunky hairy mustachioed sunglass man with a surprising, a surprising turn of speed on this fellow, has uh, has legged it. Here comes that jeep we saw earlier, putting things in the post box. And while Harry pursues, or Harry's stunt double rather, um, pursues the runaway truck driver across some sandy dunes, the guys in the jeep are out, and one of them has a rifle. Oh, ho, ho. and uh, our chunky mustachioed guy. Uh, yes, he's on the top of a very sandy cliff. He's in the sights of the guy from the jeep. That's him and Harry ducking for cover there. But dumpy mustachio guy made the mistake of running. He's trying to run across the side of the cliff now. That was never going to work. And here's a very impressive stunt. Rolling, 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 rolling down that hill. Vamanos! Our ah, work here is done. Vamanos! But of course, Harry's not dead. Because we can't kill Harry because... I don't know. Maybe there's a scheme within a scheme here. I don't remember this one all that well. But regardless, we are minus one fat hairy guy. And you typed this sentence over and over again? Si, senor. But with no idea why senor Osuna wanted all those copies? Senor Osuna was very reluctant to talk about the job, senor. Ah. So, blonde lady... You did well. ...was then asked by typewriter guy to type the quick brown fox on all of his typewriters. And she has told Morris Perry. The Contessa, we don't know. The Contessa, therefore, is our only lead. Ah. So. It's all a bit suspicious. No difficulty at all, Contessa. And here's someone else. Who's this? Dead. Her careless associates in Geneva will remain unaware of your interception. I'm most grateful, senor. Not at all, Contessa. The authorities here are as anxious as you are that Herr Keller and his friends should be put finally... Where they belong. Some kind of policeman, I believe. Well, enough of that. We're off to the aeroporto. I think we might be off to Geneva. Esta es la última llamada por el vuelo 721. Or at least uh, Robert Vaughan might be. He's definitely at the airport for real, whether he'll get to go to Geneva for real. Or if it'll just be a back-projected Geneva. Who knows? But, you know... 
you can't you can't ask them to film in two different countries in the space of one episode. Barcelona's just looking very nice uh, as Harry's flight takes off. Some more funky music. I love this stuff. It's one of the more underrated Anderson uh, scores I find. Oh. That's a very low-res shot of uh, Geneva Airport there. That almost looked like it was taken from some kind of video. Okay. Oh, here we go. Mademoiselle, I am afraid these numbers correspond to no account in this bank. Possible. It's Christopher Benjamin. Must be a mistake. Not on our part, Mademoiselle Gratz. Monsieur, please, you must check again. We already have, several times. The of Doctor Who and uh, Danger Man and so forth, The Prisoner. Oh, some more low-res footage there. It's view. Ah, uh, okay, so Robert Vaughan's not uh, not getting to go to Geneva. He's getting a ride on a back-projection uh, cable car up the mountains. Or is it the thought of Keller and his friends that's worrying you? So now this, uh, this other lady has entered our story. They're going to think that you made off with this year's payroll. Um, some kind of... I'm losing the plot here. Who are you? My grip on it was tenuous at best. Hmm, more quite low-res footage there. Thought the mountains were supposed to be soothing. But I guess for a girl with your troubles, that's too much to ask. You must tell Keller. The numbers are wrong. He's not likely to believe that. But I couldn't get the money. Still in the bag. Please tell Keller. Okay, so this lady is somehow tied up in everything. Maybe this is why I confuse this one with the numbers game, because they start talking about numbers that aren't right. I'm working for the West German government. What do you want from me? Just to know who you are would I be a start. Give me the number you gave the bank this morning. The number from the dates on the letters. Oh, okay, right. I told you, it's the wrong number. So she's the pickup to get the money out of the Swiss bank. You know which part? Why should I give you the letters? Because the only hope for you is that I get to Keller and his friends before they get to you. Ooh. Yes, you don't want those Nazis coming after you. They're mean. Ah, oh, Paul gets to go to Geneva as well. There we are, gentlemen. The complete contents of your account. Or oh, my name's not Henry Gordon Jago. Be necessary, gentlemen. Oh, lovely Christopher Benjamin. Assume an absolute right to the contents of the account. Huh. One single error in the lovely old Swiss banks. Always very useful, particularly in ITC shows. It's a system we approve of. Hmm. Ah, that's the Contessa's villa. Oh, is it? Yes, I think so, because this is where she and Harry were sitting earlier. It's definitely the same. Yeah, yeah. It's this is her house because she's uh, having dinner there. Chino. She wouldn't break into someone else's house to have dinner. Chino has uh, prepared a lovely meal of something. Oh, but of course he has to be dealt with first. One thug down. Two thug down. Three, four. One of those was out of joint. Oh, even a chair doesn't stop Chino, but this will. Morris Perry has got the Contessa. Stay back from him. Chino! Contessa! Anthony Chin handles himself really well in a fight. Whoa, even Alf Joint, who has been in, like, you know, as I said, thousands of screen fights, he looked almost sort of, oh my goodness, calm down. This maniac of Anthony Chin. I mean, it, it credibly takes all four of these stuntmen to control him. That's quite impressive. 
So, um, the baddies have taken over the Contessa's home. Harry has arrived, presumably to fill her in on what's going on, or perhaps to just uh, give her some of the money. But somehow he gets the impression that uh, it's all a bit suspicious. No idea where, where Paul is during all this. But Harry has let himself in, and of course he is about to find... Mr. Rule, isn't it? I oh. was expecting you. No, okay, this isn't the Contessa's house at all. Why did you come here, Mr. Rule? This is Morris Perry's um, chateau thingy. You've been here before, Mr. Rule. I can tell because Morris Perry is sat behind his desk with a great big uh, Nazi insignia flag behind it. My impression is that the whole world's been here before. Mm. Several times. SS Panzerlehr Division. It's a war record to be proud of. I think you might have overestimated the strength of your position, Mr. Rule. You've got nothing on me. And I've got Chino. I've served my sentence. Ten years. You're distributing funds to wanted Nazis all over the world. It's got to be worth another ten. You have proof? Each man knew only his part of the bank's serial number. Once a year, they send them to you. Aha, <laughs> uh -huh. okay. The system was devised with care, Mr. Rule. So the plan does make sense if you um, actually go back and just watch the episode. For my own purposes. I, I don't do it any favours by waffling over it, I'm afraid. I live very well. Because the episodes are so are so brief, essentially. They cram a lot of plot in, and uh, some of the details just get mentioned once and then never again. What kind of proof has Harry brought? A quick brown fox with postmarks from South America, Africa, France. Each one with a part of a bank serial number contained in the date. Lots of Nazi friends all over the world, all wanting some money. No interest to me. I, on the other hand, have something to interest you. Something to exchange for the million dollars you appear to have misappropriated. Bring her in. Ah, of course, the Contessa and Chino. Whose hands are now, uh... We do meet in the most unsavory places, don't we? Tied. Yeah. A man seems to think you're worth a million dollars to me. I don't think that's going to slow him down somehow once the inevitable fight... Oh, there it comes. Quicker than I thought. Oh, yes. It's all the protectors, the three of them, very easily overpowered. All of Morris Perry's chums here, but he himself... Oh, nearly escaped, but Chino's got him in a bear hug. One of his thugs is about to pick up a gun to try to shoot Chino. I think we know where this is going. He hit Morris Perry instead. So, the world is now minus one, uh, one former Nazi. All's well that ends well. I suppose. Yeah, they're showing that photo of, of him and Hitler again. That's actually really, really well done. Um, it's the first, hopefully the only time you'll ever hear me compliment a picture of Hitler. Anywho. Ah, now this is quite an infamous uh, ending scene. Harry and the Contessa are in the swimming pool. Harry is swimming, the Contessa is on a lilo trying to just enjoy the sun. Oh, go away! Harry, look, have you tipped me on it? And of course they've got a, a floating um, wine champagne table with uh, champagne and glasses on. So this is our end of episode silly moment. Will he knock her off the lilo? Yes, he does. And while she flails around in the water, Robert Vaughan helps himself to a sip of champagne, slides back in the water, and then... 
Oh, he uh, he makes a very rude gesture. He gives her the finger. And uh, I've noticed actually that uh, that shot when this episode is repeated on on ITV4, they trim the ending just before he does that. I don't know what why is that there. It's very strange. Anywho, that was the Protectors episode, the numbers game. No, it wasn't. See, see, I said, I, I said, I get this one confused with the numbers game. It's not the numbers game. It's the Quick Brown Fox. Oh, I think probably that is just proof positive that I really have no thoughts or opinions on this one at all. Sorry. Ah, oh, uh, protectors. Yeah. We well, I mean, we mentioned Tony Anholt, so it's kind of nice yes. that protectors comes up, but still, it's yeah. the protectors, which is yeah. you know, it's the protectors. Oh, isn't yeah. It? yeah, well, it's got its fans somewhere. Yeah, that's all three of them over there. Yeah, there they are. Mm. Hi. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, more yeah. randomizer next week. Now, if you've got yeah. anything you'd like to send us, drop it to podcast at jerryanderson.com. Please leave us a revating. Oh, we yes. really appreciate those. We had a few recently, which That'd are really good. lovely, and we really nice, nice like, like to read those. Make sure you're subscribed. Click the button to follow us or the tick thing. Anything else from you? No, uh, no, no. Okay, well, we'll be back, we'll be just... back next week. And t- Why yeah. are you in a hurry? Well, I'll, I'll tell you after. Okay. Uh, just, just wrap it up. Okay, that's yeah. it. We'll see you right. in Pod see you next, week. next yeah. week. Bye. 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 Stage one complete. Let's go. What's your right. issue? Oh, so I need to go to the loo. <laughs> I've been sat here Didn't for an hour. I had a before? cup of coffee. Oh, of course I did, but I had a cup of coffee during the podcast. Well, I, had a cup I need of to go to the loo. As well. yeah, but I've got to go now, so that's what right I'm saying. Wrap it up quickly. Well, yeah, what so, happens if you don't go right now? I mean, surely well, I you can hold it for a minute while we do this well, post post credit no, thing. I just thought maybe we, this post credit thing needn't be quite as long as it usually is, which would mean What's I get to go to the loo a bit quicker. One? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying if we can make it a bit shorter, then that gives me time to go to the loo. How short are you talking? Well, like finish now. Now? Yeah, like well, right I've got now. a really funny thing no, I wanted I've got to, to say. Go. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I've got oh, to go. I'm uh, literally going now. Okay. okay. I'm going. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. He's getting old, isn't he? You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.